It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm your host. I am Pastor Jack King. What a joy it is to spend these Sunday mornings with you. I just enjoy it so much, and I appreciate you for tuning in. And I hope that uh, by now this has kind of become a regular habit. We've been here on 94.1 for a while. And, of course, we've been doing the show a long time before that. This is show number 1,123 today. Started it back in 2002. And over the years, we've talked to a lot of people, talked about the things of the Lord, but we've kept one thing consistent. I say this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. The theme simply is this. We talk about the church. We talk about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and his glorious kingdom. And that's what we'll be doing today. We do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, doctrine, but we always speak well of one another, and that's a good thing, and that has served us very, very well over all of these years. If you'd like to contact me, of course, you can't do it while we're live on the air, but you can call me later if you want to, area code 850-567-1703. I met a gentleman uh, in uh just a random meeting, and he wasn't even from Tallahassee. And somehow another conversation came around to ministry, and uh, he asked me what I did. And I said, "Well, I'm I'm a radio guy." He said, "You mind give me your phone number?" <laughs> and I said, and I was hesitant. And then I thought to myself, I give that phone number out to thousands of people every Sunday morning and Saturday night. So, hey, here it is. Uh, what are they going to do to me? Anyway, it's always good to hear from you out there in Radio Land, and a hearty invitation to join me this morning at church. I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. If you're heading toward Park Avenue, Look for us on the right-hand side of the road. You'll see a big sign there right down by the street. We're in a little storefront up there. Love visitors. Just love visitors. Come and worship with us. 1105frcm.us. That's the website. Check us out. Bring the family. We love visitors, and we love the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Also, you can find this show on the podcast if you type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee. It'll come up. There'll be all kinds of talk shows there for you and the daily broadcast. Well, I wish we could put the music show on there, too, but we can. We'll talk about that in just a little while. I'll tell you what's on my mind today. Just a simple question that I can state it in one word. The question is, why? Why? And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, that's kind of a uh, running thing in my life because I am just naturally 
curious. I'm just curious about things. And when I see a situation, maybe a problem or whatever it is, I'm going to say, why? Why? I want to know why. <laughs> and so I'll start digging and thinking about it, trying to figure out why. And of course, uh, sometimes when I'm here, just me and, as I say, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit doing the show, and there's no gas in the studio, sometimes I kind of talk about what's happening all around us. And if you're like I am, my, my antennas are up. I'm, I'm concerned. There are things that just don't seem right to me. And not because I want to go, why? But I think that for those of us who are believers, that you are a church person, you're a Christian, you believe in God, and you believe that God is the, uh, the one who ultimately is going to solve the problems. Well, if that's your belief, then you put your hope and your trust in Father God, and you believe in the work of the ministry of the church. You see, we always come back to that theme here. Always the thing that we talk about, the church. The church that Jesus Christ said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So the church, powerful. But yet, we look at certain situations that arise that affects the church and affects people's lives. And I go, why? Why is it that we are seeing what we're seeing and we're experiencing what we're experiencing? And so, as I look at this, I want to begin to do my process of trying to figure it out, see if we can't come to some kind of collusion. I'm talking about as we collude together here today. And we think about this, and it's very, very possible that if you stay with me through the show, you might have some solutions. Or maybe you've got some questions too. That's why I gave you the phone number. 850-567-1703. You can call me sometime during the week. If you don't catch me, just leave me a voicemail or leave me a text. I'll call you back. And maybe we can start a running dialogue here as to why. And the first question that I want to say is, that why is it that, uh, well, men seem to be a little reluctant to get involved in the church. Now, I'm listening on the radio here, maybe last week, perhaps. And uh, it was a guest who was uh, a part of a talk show that I was listening to. And the person on the phone is pretty well known as far as uh, his uh, what he does. He is also a radio guy. Okay? I'm not going to give you his name because... Uh, I don't have permission to give you his name. But he was calling about men and uh, men's ministry. And he was making some very good points, things that I've thought about and considered myself. But his conclusion was that uh, 
Well, the church has become somewhat feminized, and it is more focused toward women and children than it is to men. And uh, he made his point very, very well, and then he even talked about uh, some ministries like uh, Promise Keepers and saying that they did a tremendous job, but they left the men hanging about uh, certain things that would cause them to want to be more involved in the church. And then he he gave us uh, some uh, insight as far as uh, websites we could go to and that sort of thing to get more information. But quite frankly, I got left hanging because I'm going, I'm listening to this. And, and uh, I have these same concerns. I mean, I watched the men. Now, I'll say this. Uh, I have some great men at Freedom Road. And, uh, and so I thought about that. I said, okay, it's true that many men are very reluctant to really get involved in the church and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't quite know why. But let's take it to the other side. Let's ask the question for those of us who are involved and engaged. Why? Why are we? I mean, I can I could just scroll names and faces right before me. It's even if I'm sitting here behind this radio microphone, men who go to the church that I pastor, Freedom Road, and uh, I said to myself, why are they there? And why are they so dedicated? Because I've got some very, very dedicated men. And uh, these are men who uh, <laughs> sometimes, as a matter of fact, this is true. I have a list of all the men in my church and the boys. And I call them my mighty men. And I pray for them every day. I say, Lord, I pray for the mighty men of Freedom Road Christian Ministry. And I name their names all the way down from the other men to the children, the ones who are highly engaged and the ones who are not. I pray every day for my mighty men. And I take that from King David because King David had his list of mighty men. And, uh, oh, I'm telling you what, these men, they'd run through fire for David. They'd do anything. I mean, they would do anything for him. They loved him so much and were so committed and dedicated to him. They'd do anything for him. And, uh, of course, I don't want that so much for myself, but I would say, have that loyalty for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd do anything for Jesus. <laughs> and so I look at that and I go, okay, why are these men so committed and so dedicated? And I answer that in very simple terms. First of all, they believe. They believe in God. They believe that God is, that God does exist. And uh, they understand the sacrifice that he gave for them on Calvary's cross. And so they want to serve him. And they have a heart to serve him. And, uh, and then the other thing is this. is said, okay, why are they in this particular church and why are they working with me as pastor and leader of the church? And... Uh, now, I've not asked these men this question, but I think it's because they they see my commitment and my dedication and uh, leadership that uh, leads. And so I think men are 
attracted to other men who are strong leaders. And so I say to that, okay, there is a commitment and a love for the Lord Jesus Christ and a desire to serve. And that is very much a part, I believe, of what keeps men engaged in the churches. So now, the question is, why, for men who are not engaged, who are not in the church, or perhaps maybe they come occasionally, but they're not committed? Well, I'd like to know the answer to that question. But before we get there, let's play a little music. This is by the Williamsons. Maybe it'll help us out a little bit. Every mountain, every moment, every mile. Every moment, every mountain, every mile. Now, what are we singing about here? This is the Williamsons. What are they singing about? Well, they're singing about life, about the mountains and the uh, uh, ebb and flow of life and every mountain, every moment, and every mile. In other words, we're all in this uh, life together. We're living we're trying to make a living. We're sometimes having struggles. Sometimes we deal with relationships. We deal with, with debt. We deal with all those things that we deal with in life. And uh, I believe that one of the things that happens is what Jesus talked about in the parable of the sower. When he talked about how that the seed oftentimes falls away and uh, it says the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word out and causes people to become somewhat indifferent. Now, I, uh, I grew up in church. I've, you've, you've heard me say this many, many times all my life. And I uh, grew up in a little church in rural Kentucky. And I have three brothers. And uh, my one brother, who's uh, older than me, they're all older than me, he became a pastor. I became a pastor. Uh, my other brother has been church, has been in church right along. He's a, he's a lay person in church, very, very involved now that he's retired. My older brother, he uh, stopped going to church. Stopped going to church. Now, even though he's raised in church, been there like the rest of us and uh, stopped going to church. Well, of course, that was of concern to me, and I prayed for him a lot during those times. And then there uh, came toward the end of the, the days for my mom and my dad. And my mother had, uh, she'd been early days of dementia. And, um, that rose up the issue of her driving. And I remember on a Christmas day, standing out in the snow in front of the old house there on the farm in Kentucky, me and my brothers, we, we had a little business meeting. And the subject of the business meeting is what are we going to do about 
mama driving. Well, daddy wasn't going to do nothing about it. And so it was on us. And of course, uh, this particular brother, he lives about six miles from my mom and my dad. Uh, uh, my brother Jerry, he lived in Cincinnati, and the other one lived in uh, down here with me in Florida, and I'm in Florida. And so we said uh, to my brother, it's on you. It's your call. So around about uh, late January, maybe even February, the call goes out that uh, had to do the deed. And so he goes over there and says, Mama, give me the keys. You cannot drive anymore. And he told us, he said, it was not pretty. But the decision was made. Well, the first thing that my mother said, he says, how am I going to get to church? And uh, he said, Mama, I'll take you to church. I'll make sure that you're in church every Sunday and I'll go with you. Well, you <laughs> see how this works. Now, his wife did go to church, and she goes to the church. If you go out of their driveway, you go to the right. But the church that my mama went to, you had turned to the left, and it was exactly two miles to either one of the churches. And so every Sunday morning, of course, uh, my brother had to go to the house and get my mother and take him over to the church at sunrise. And uh, his wife went to the church in Claysville. And to this day, they still do the same thing. My mother passed away in 2012. He's still in church. And not only is he in church, he's a deacon in the church. You see, the thing about it, this is my point that I want to make to you here, is that he never lost his faith. His faith was always there. He, he grew up, like I say, hearing the same sermons that I heard, going to the same youth camp that I went to, hearing all the same songs that I heard. It's just that as he got involved in life, his priorities changed. Now listen to me. Hear me out now. I think this is what we're dealing with in a lot of circumstances that the priorities change and uh, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches got to go to work, got to go to work, and work becomes the priority. Or, <laughs> listen to me now, you got to go fishing, got to go hunting, got to go play golf, and those things become more important than faith. And thankfully for my brother, God turned it around. I would pray that that would be the same for you. If I'm stepping on your toes a little bit this morning, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if I step on your toes, especially if it makes a difference. And a difference is that's what we're all about. We're all about doing what we know we should be doing. But you see, if you say, how are we going to fix this mess in our country? I'm going to tell you, it's going to be the power of God moving across the land. I had this conversation with a person just the other day, and he was saying, he says, he's a pastor. I, don't, I just don't see any hope. And I said, hope is in revival. When God sweeps across this land, the spirit of the Holy Spirit begins to move. You'll begin to see change. And it'll be 
God. God. So the question is, why? song was uh, written by Anna E. Westcote, and she lives up in Havana, as uh, they say around here, that lives up in Havana, and uh, she is a singer, and uh, she's also a, a believer, and that song, I don't know that it's really a Christian song, she has hopes and dreams of someday standing in the circle at uh, the Grand Ole Opry, and I just pray someday that that happens for her. And I've had her on the uh, talk show here before. But here's the thing. She's talking about missing you. I want to read you something. This uh, came from a lady, uh, email, and she's responding to the daily broadcast that I do here on 94.1. Uh, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock is the Gospel on the Radio broadcast. It's a daily Bible teaching of the Word of God that goes all over the world. And I get emails from all over the world. And this one came from a lady, and I'm not going to tell you her name. I'm going to make up her name for you. I'm going to call her Rose. And she says, I'm fortunate to have been raised in a good Christian home. So many children today don't have that advantage. Let's pray that there be a resurgence of Christian families. And of course, that, uh, that email touched me. And I thank God for Christian homes and children who are raised in Christian homes. But here's the why. And the why is simply this. Why are we losing so many of them from the church? Have you heard the statistics? It's staggering. Barna Research Group tells us we're keeping about 4%. 4% of the young people who go through our churches and are raised in our churches, we're keeping about 4%. Now, I don't know about you, but that... That just breaks my heart. And so the song that she's saying and they're singing here is she's saying, I'm missing you. And that's the way I feel about young people who've gone through my church. I've been pastoring the same church for almost 45 years. We've had a lot of young people go through our church. They're not in our church today. And I go, where are they? I'm missing them. And my heart breaks for them. Some of them have moved on to other churches. Some of them have moved to other towns and they're involved in churches in their towns, and I thank God for that. But uh, a good majority of them are not in church at all. And I'm not alone. Pastors, you know what I'm talking about. And for me, my heart breaks. My heart breaks over this reality. And And I think about this. I have Myself, because I've, my church has always been small, and most of the time I'm the youth pastor, and I'm still the youth pastor. <laughs> I have 
hauled young people all over the country. I've flown them in the youth things to California, Colorado, Ohio. I mean, uh, all over the over the country. I've I've carried kids. I mean, load them up. I've been in youth camps. I've run youth camps for almost fifty years now. I've put together big youth conferences and had these kids come. I've trained youth leaders for years and I've seen these young people go through and uh, when I think about them I just I just have this love in my heart I just I just love them and I love young people I mean that's just that's just who I am I just love young people I was uh, uh, just uh, this afternoon I was at a restaurant and as I was coming out of the restaurant, uh, there were some young people that passed by me. And uh, I stopped just to make sure that, because I don't know how many people are coming here across. They really weren't necessarily coming across in front of me, but they were coming very, very close to the vehicle that I was driving. So I was being very cautious. And, and as I went by, uh, two or three of them just waved, waved at me, just waved at me, just young people. And I thought, that's pretty cool. And I said, I sure would like to get to know those young people because I just love them. I just love young people. But so many of them, they they go off to college. They go into work. And uh, and I dread a lot of times the fact that uh, that when they turn to the age that they can now uh, I, I'm, I think in there they, they still require work permits. I'm not sure. I know when I was a kid, I had to get a work permit in order to get a part-time job after school. And I, whatever it takes to get a part-time job, I, I see this happen. And then all of a sudden, they're working on Sundays, and they're not coming to church, and I miss them. Just like Anna Westcote was singing about the song, I'm just missing you. I'm missing these young people. So I asked a question. I says, Why? Why are we losing so many of our young people from our churches? And why is it that uh, this is not something that we're better able to address? Well, let me tell you this before I move on to our next thing here is that this is what God's laid on my heart. And I shared this last week on the on the broadcast uh, uh, because uh it just burns in my spirit. One of the things that I have noticed and observed about youth ministry, and like I said, I've been in it for a long, long time, and I'm not as active now as I was at one time because there was a time when I was doing a lot of traveling with youth people, youth with youth ministry, and was uh, going to a lot of large uh, youth events. And... Uh, they're 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 okay. They're they're fun. Uh, I don't care for the music. The music bothers me. I mean, I mean I'm talking about the the thump 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 the, that I just can't handle that that boom boom boom. <laughs> I just just can't. It causes my heart to get all messed up. But other than that, I mean that, that's fine. But a uh, lot of emphasis on the crowds. A lot of emphasis on the crowds. 
and of course a lot of great speakers who speak a lot of great things and and uh, uh, these things they they get in the hearts of young people now it's good but the burden that God's put on my heart is the is the one the one you know, Jesus left uh, left uh, the rest of the sheep in the in the sheep coat and he left and he went out to find the one and that's my heart and uh I've been praying, Lord, help me to finish these materials I'm working on in the form of a book, uh, The Fundamentals of Spiritual Life. You've probably heard a lot of these messages that we we do. And uh, when I have this finished, I want to be able to put it in the hands of leaders. And you don't have to be a pastor. You don't even have to be a Sunday school teacher. If you're just a person that has a heart and passion for young people and you would gather one or two or three, and just begin to teach them the word of God. Because this is part of the problem that we're facing today. And I saw this in the years that I was involved in youth ministry. Is that they're not getting the word. I don't know uh, exactly why that is. Um, see, I know that when I was a child growing up in that little rural church in Kentucky, Sunday school was a big part of my life. And... Uh, we had a little basement down there in the church. That's where we were, me and my brothers, and we were being taught by just some of the ladies of the church. And uh, we were taught the stories of the Bible and uh, the scriptures, and these things were just a part of who we became as, as we grew into adult men. Well, I don't know whether we're still doing that today. And, uh, see, even though we may be having, quote, youth church, and I'm, I'm not, please don't take me as being critical. I'm not. I'm, I'm observing and I'm asking questions. Why? But being in that little Sunday school room down there with just a few of us there with that teacher, he was just pouring herself into us. See, that's what I see. And I see this happening all over the world through the power of this radio microphone. So pray for me that I can get these things finished and get get this thing going because uh, you know time is short. But I believe that the why is the word, the word, and and getting the word rooted deep in in a heart and soul, because the word will bring us to a place that the Holy Spirit can use the word to infuse the life. <laughs> The love of Jesus, the love. That's what Jesus said. He said yeah, to the church at Ephesus, he said, you've got to return to your first love. You see, I, I, I followed Jesus into my adulthood because I loved him, and I love him today. So the Isaacs. Surely there must be a rainbow at the end of my storm where the flowers bloom in and I'm resting safe and warm Help me never doubt your power Oh Lord, increase my faith Let me never doubt your power Oh Lord, increase my faith That's the... Uh, Isaac's, and that's the name of the song. Lord, 
increase my faith. And uh, if you've just tuned in, this is the uh, Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am the host. And I get to do this every Sunday morning here at on 94.1 at 8 o'clock, and I do hope that you will just make that a habit because uh, sometimes it's just me and sometimes we have guests in the show. I like having guests. And of course, I invite you, if you are a pastor, preacher, missionary, you work with children, youth, whatever you're involved in, if you have a passion in your heart, then I'm all about having you right here because I tell people all the time, they when I call people about being on the show, they say, well, Pastor King, what are we going to talk about for an hour? <laughs> and I say, we're going to talk about your passion, whatever your passion is. It always amazes me. People say, well, I don't think I could do that for an hour. We'll sit here for 45 minutes sometimes or maybe half an hour talking before we ever go on the show. <laughs> I say, we've already done half of the show already because people don't have any, they don't have any problem talking about their Passion. You've heard some of my passion here today. I have a passion for young people. I have a passion for expanding the borders of God's kingdom, and I love radio. And <laughs> you know this. I love Southern gospel music, and I have a passion for it, and I love it. And that's one of the reasons why I do Saturday Night Gospel Sing every Saturday night right here on 94.1, 7 o'clock, a full hour of the best music in the land, Southern Gospel style. We crank it up and we have a good time. So you might want to write that down if you're not familiar with it. Join me and we'll we'll just have a good time. Now, she was singing, said, Lord, increase my faith. I have a theory and uh, it's simply this. You want to talk about faith? Do you want to talk about your faith and whether or not you truly, truly believe? I want to test it. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Okay. Just reach right around. Take a hold of that wallet or that pocketbook, whatever you have there. And you take out some money. And you just give it to somebody. Just give it to anybody. And say, Lord... I'm going to invest this in my brother or my sister, or I'm going to invest this in my church, or I'm going to invest it in a missions project, and I'm going to believe that you're going to take care of me. Now, try that on for size and see how that works. We might say, well, Pastor King, that's, that's not hard. Well, it must be. Again, going back to uh, Barna Research, and talking about the, the giving among the church. And uh, it has decreased dramatically. And uh, parachurch ministries and, uh, of course, uh, churches themselves, uh, ministries that are involved in training, such as Bible colleges and stuff, they're closing. Bible colleges are closing all over the land. And uh, he said, well, if we don't have a way to train future ministers, how's that going to work in the future? And I, see, I know about this because I sit on uh, the regional board of the uh, 
of the southeast region of the Upper Bible Churches for a long, long, long time. And I watched this thing happen to the point, and this grieves me, to where you're going to the Internet to find pastors. That troubles. That troubles my soul. I mean, there was a time I remember in our organization, we had a bench. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like in, the, in sports, you got the bench over there. You got the ones that they're not quite ready to go in the game just yet, but they're training and they're learning. And when it's time, they'll get their shot. We don't have a bench anymore. And, uh, of course, fortunately and thankfully, in the Open Bible Churches, God has raised up a ministry called Instay. Institute of Theology by extension. I talk about it in my book, Dreams and Visions and Stories of Faith. Uh, Leanna Jensen Vendetti, she is quite a remarkable lady. And uh, God just used her to, to write this program. It's a, it's a four-year program of study. Now they've actually become a Bible college, in-state Bible college. You can Google it. But it's a program that says work through the churches to train laymen to become pastors. And uh, most of the churches that we're putting pastors in now, we're, we're doing it through in-stay. So thank God for that. But I sat on the uh, board of our Bible college for a long, long time, and I watched this whole process of watching the giving decline and decline and decline and decline to family, they they just had to make decisions, and, and it ended up being turned over to another organization. The school continues today, but you see, in the churches, ministries, what's happened to the giving? Why? Why has that happened? Well, you say, well, Pastor King, hard times, hard times. <laughs> I heard a pastor say one time, he says, uh, hard times are good times for the gospel because hard times will try your soul. And uh, as the Isaacs were singing about, Lord, increase my faith. Well, you find out something about your faith when it affects your money. Did you hear what I said? You'll find out about your faith when you when it begins to affect your money because you have to ask the question, where's my faith? Where's my faith? I remember, and I just read this in, a, in, a, in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. <laughs> Talk about Simon Peter. He came to Jesus, and he said, um, Master, he said, there are people, I'm paraphrasing now, there are people who are concerned about whether or not you pay your taxes. We're talking about Jesus here. He says, do you pay your taxes? Well, the truth of the matter is, let me back up a little bit. Peter didn't really come to Jesus. Jesus went to him because Jesus read his mind. <laughs> he said, he understood that uh, Peter was being concerned about this. And so basically, it's like, Peter, what's on your mind? And then, G then Peter asked a question. He said, uh, what about the taxes? Now, this is so cool. This is what Jesus told him to do. He said, uh, go down to the sea and cast a hook. <laughs> and the first fish that you pull out of the sea 
open up its mouth and there'll be money in the mouth of that fish and it'll be enough to pay my taxes and your taxes, Peter. Yeah. You know what that says to me? He says, hey, the Lord's got this thing and he wants us to trust him. But when you hold back and you say, oh, I don't trust God. Don't trust him. Because if I invest money into God's kingdom, me and my family are going to starve. That's what the widow of Zarephath said, remember? She was just picking up some sticks, her, her little boy. They, they, their their uh, plan for the future was, we're going to pick up these sticks, make us a little fire. We're going to take a little bit of cake, a little bit of, 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 of uh, uh, oil that we have. We're going to cook it. And then we're going to starve to death. And (laughs) the prophet of God comes along and says, I got a better plan. Try this for size. Why don't you give it to the man of God and then see what God can do? And uh, that reminds me of that old song. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. And Isaacs were saying, Lord, increase my faith. Increase our faith. Uh, faith. Will yeah. my God call me this morning? Just trying out for the quartet. Lord, will my God call me this morning? Just a little while before day. Will my God call me this morning? Lord God Almighty. Will my God call me this morning? Just a little while before day. Just a little while before day. My God called me this morning just a little before daybreak. I love that. That's a triumph of quartet. And uh, they're talking about the call of God. And uh, I have another question for you and another why. Is it why is it that we're experiencing this uh, problem in the ministry to where there are people not surrendering to the ministry? And, uh, well, I'm going to tell you something. If you're, if you're looking to get rich and make a lot of money, well, there may be some who've been able to do that, but I haven't been one of them. And, uh, in fact, I've been a bivocational pastor my entire ministry. And, uh, I've said, Lord, many, many times, when are you going to deliver me from this? And he hasn't chosen to do so. But, uh, the thing is, is that ministry is, just hearing the voice of God as he speaks. And I can't help but to believe that there are people who have heard the voice of God and have had to call, but they're not responding. And I I would just consider that to be a very, very dangerous thing to do (laughs) because um, it's kind of like what the Apostle Paul talked about. He says, uh, uh, just it, it, the worst thing that would happen to me if I did not preach the gospel. And I agree with that. I agree that if you have the call of God on you, and it isn't always to say, well, the call of God to become a pastor or a missionary. No, we need lay people in the church. 
I mean, the church, in order to be able to function the way it should function, it needs uh, leadership. It needs deacons and elders, and it needs uh, people who are involved in music, people who are involved in children's ministry and youth ministries and, and the women's ministries and men's ministries and all of these things. And uh, I know a lot of times, <laughs> Lord, forgive me, is that uh, the, the call of God seems to stop at the pulpit. And the call of God says, well, this needs to be done, preacher, when you're going to get it done. Well, there's only so far that's going to go. I'm just telling you, especially when you're, like in my situation, where I'm bivocational and, of course, out trying to earn a living to take care of my family, and then you're trying to keep all these things going in the church. And, of course, in my case, and I'm also involved in, in radio ministry and uh, youth ministry, and uh, you know, there's only so many hours of the day, and uh, every now and then even a preacher's got to sleep. And so the needs in a church are just tremendous. And uh, I don't know, sometimes I think people think that these things just get done by osmosis. No, it's it's people. God's using people. And the call of God is many times just put upon somebody's mind and heart and, and, uh, and they just ignore it. Well, I can't do that. I'm just not a person who can just ignore uh, the voice of God. I, I, I've listened to somebody, somebody preaching, and uh, and they said that, uh, well, God came to them, and they just told God, says, God, I'm just too old, and I just can't do it. And I'm saying, ooh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell God that I can't do something. Matter of fact, I, this is one of the things that I said to God. I said, there's, there's two ways that I, I will respond to the voice of God. One is when God just, just, uh, gives me a dream or a vision or something of that nature. Two is that if somebody in leadership asks me to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I may not be the most qualified, but if I've been asked to do it, I'm going to do it because that's my promise to the Lord that I will serve him faithfully, whatever it is that he has for me to do. And uh, so the question is, the why, is it, why is it that people are not responding to the call of God and understanding the the need, the need to sow the seed. Sow the seed. That's what Jesus was talking about. He said the sower went forth to sow. The word of God has to be sowed. And that requires the work of people. People who will hear the voice of God and respond to the voice of God and allow the Holy Spirit to lead them and uh, you see, I believe that God puts things in our heart and God will speak to us. And when he speaks, then we should be responsible to listen and allow the Holy Spirit to work. You see, so many times we, we put it all on ourselves and say, oh, I'm not qualified or I don't have this or I don't have. It's not about that. It's about being faithful. And when you're faithful, God will equip you. He'll train you and he will teach you and he will lead you. And uh, you look back over a few years and you go, wow, wow, <laughs> this has been quite an incredible journey. And, and look at this. Look what's happening here. And see, I love it when uh, 
somebody will come on the radio show, this show. And they're, they're launching a ministry, and they're here to tell me all about it and tell the radio audience all about it. And that's just exciting, and I get excited for them. And uh, they come back a few years later to give a report, and I just get excited about this person that sat right here and shared their vision, and they didn't see the whole thing. They didn't understand the whole thing. They didn't, they didn't know how they were going to do it. But they knew that God had called them to do it, and they were willing to step out. And God, God does what God does. And things have begun to happen, and the ministry is going forth. The seed is being sowed. So the question is, why? Why would a person not respond to the call of God? And as we've talked about these things today on the broadcast, you know, where are men? Where are men? Why are men not stepping up and being the uh, patriarchs that they need to be in the church? What's happened to the church as far as our giving? And uh, understand the uh, testing a lot of times it goes with being faithful to give. And I'm talking about of ourselves, our time, our talent, and our money. And then the children. Why are we losing so many children? And, and they're going out into the world, and they're not returning to the church. I said, Lord, why? And uh, maybe you know some answers to some of these things, or maybe these are things that you'd just like to talk about a little bit more. Area code 850-567-1703. Give me a call. I'd be happy to talk to you about it because, uh, well, I believe that, uh, as Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And uh, you heard the old expression that says, I took a look at the end of the book, and we win. Father God, as I come to you today, thanking you, Lord, for this opportunity just to share my heart here on this radio broadcast. And I pray, Father, for this radio audience. I pray, God, for faithfulness to arise. And Father, I pray, Father, for that person who may be outside of faith, God, let the Holy Spirit go to them and draw them in. Father, I pray for our churches today. Father, anoint our pastors as they go to their pulpits today. Lord, let the word come forth. Let the seed be sown. And Father God, I pray today for America. And I pray for peace around the world. And I pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning. May the Lord bless you.